Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek. And today we are going to, we've been talking about inner healing, and today we're going to talk about it's kind of a form of inner healing, but it's a prayer of for deliverance, deliverance. And for many people, that may be an intimidating word. It might be something they don't understand. They may have been influenced by Hollywood about, you know, demons and, and deliverance. And really, is that still a thing? Well, Hollywood usually deals with um, exorcisms, which are so rare that many dioceses don't even have a priest that's been designated to be an exorcist because they're so rare. Um, But many people, I think most of us actually sustain the wounds of evil uh, through various ways in which evil comes into our life. So what I'm saying is we, we live in in a fallen world, right? So what that means is um, that originally in Genesis, we gave Satan through our rebellion, the keys to the world, you know, the keys that were given to us so that we could have dominion and preserve and guard the world and make it prosper and flourish were instead through our rebellion given to the one who incited our rebellion, basically to Satan, to the, the, the adversary is who that is, you know? And, um, and because of that, Satan has a certain amount of authority and legal right to mess with us, you know, I guess that's the only other way I would put it, you know, to mess with our stuff, to mess with our kids, to mess with us, to mess with our world, to mess with the governments and to mess with church. You know what I'm saying? He's just, you know, we, we basically in a certain sense gave him legal permission to enter in to the human sphere, which originally was only dedicated as a space between us and God. We kind of gave him the entrance you know, the keys to enter and to, to mess with us. Now, a main thing that I think needs to be kept in mind is that great image of St. Augustine, right? St. Augustine said, you know, yes, there is an evil one. Yes. You know, he's the, you know, he's the opposer. He's the adversary. He's the scatterer. He's all those things. He's the father of lies, etc. But he has no power over us believers, baptized believers, Unless we give him the authority. So unless we invite him in, and sometimes we do it unwittingly. Sometimes we open doors without knowing that they are doors, right? But because we live in a fallen world, 
uh, sometimes we just put ourselves within the influence of the big black dog on the chain. So if Satan's a big black dog on the chain and he's awful and he's the size of a horse and he's slavering at you and he's drooling and he has big teeth and he's roaring and bark, you know, uh, what does Peter say? The, 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 de your, de your enemy, the devil prowls around like a lion. That's a big life. You ever seen a lion? So a lion is a big animal. He's got a big mouth. He's quite intimidating, right? Right. But the thing is, if even if this lion is chained to a tree, you are not going to be in trouble. He can't get you, in other words, unless you walk up to him and try to pet him, right? Or you walk within the purview of his chain. You know, I think this is important. I don't think too many people see that. That, it, you know, that God is still in charge. The Lord is still in charge. We're still under the blood. We still have all the rights and duties of priests, prophets, and kings. But sometimes through trauma, through healing, through, I mean, through, through trauma, through sin, through um, opening doors, through wounds, through physical illness. I mean, you know, there's many ways in which, unfortunately, we can lay ourselves open, especially through traumas that we uh, seek inner healing for. For instance, we talked about in the past two shows about how um, you know, it's true that we do, we all need healing, right? We all need healing from even the silliest things or things that we might perceive as silly, right? But that might have everlasting effects. Well, you know, when you talk about inner healing, it is inner. It's not, it's not on the surface that it's easily, um, definable. So this is why I think that this exercise is so good in, in learning about inner healing, because they can be those lives that lies that we believe about ourselves or others and when you said that god's there and um you know he has the power over sin his love is perfect for us but what if inside we don't feel like we deserve that love mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things that we all deal with at times and that's part of that inner healing that we have to any self lies we have to claim them it's being present but coming against them and replacing it with the truth. That's right. That whole idea about how you have to earn your salvation. You have to earn God's love and you have to earn because you're not, you know, that kind of thing. You know, the point of the whole point, I mean, we're doing this right after Easter. The whole point of the passion and death of Jesus is that no, we're not worthy. Yes, we are a mess, but he, and we can't merit it on our own. No, he, you know, he does it all. And all we have to do is, is say, yes, please, and cooperate with grace, right? And cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we encounter areas in which there are just soft spots or tender spots or spots that hurt that maybe didn't hurt before, or maybe you never noticed it before. And we all really, in a certain sense, need uh, to be healed from exposure to the evil one, because in the end, authority was given to him in the garden. And if you disobey God, you are going to put yourself, you know, within the purview of what? The big black dog, lion, whatever, right? Who's chained to a tree. God never allows anything to happen to us, any temptation, any, um, you know, bad thing to happen to us unless he first equips us first to sustain this thing. It may seem that it's unbearable, but God is always there equipping us and strengthening us. Now, one might ask, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? Right. You know, that's the main thing. Now, why can't we just skip all this, all this, you know, being strong thing and just not suffer, you know? 
But because we're fallen, God has appointed that the way to purify us is through suffering, you know, and it is what it is. Purgatory is suffering. Uh, we would we would hope that we could achieve all our suffering on this end, or, because basically, what so suffering is the the source of purification. If suffering means we're not getting our own way, right? It, at the basis level of all things, so that means also that we are going to uh, be sustaining some form of discipline, some form of purification, because we're creatures that want to have what we want. We want to be cool when we want to be cool. We want to be hot or warm when we want to be warm. We want to be fed. You know, we have all those basic instincts. And then and then we want to have our way. We want to have the last word. We want to judge people. You know, there's so many ways. I don't have to convince you all of our fallen nature. But because of our fallen nature, we, we, we are constantly trying because we gave Satan the keys, we're constantly trying to earn back what is already ours. Just like he did in the garden. Right. 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 I mean, if we would take that scene in the garden and really look at it and see what's how Satan is so insidious. Well, they call him the father of lies for nothing. Um, He's so insidious. It's like, isn't it true? I mean, he cross examines her basically, you know, isn't it true that God said, you know, he starts insinuating and already the presuppositions that he uses are not true. And she does the, ba- the her basic, basic mistake is just to engage him. Isn't it true that God doesn't want you to do this? Because if not, you'll be like him. You know, and the point is this, God did want us to be like him. God did want us to give us the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he wants to give us the fruit of the tree of immortality, but he wants us to be ready for it. Right. And through, through free will, we have that, that need, or we have the, the idea that we need to absolutely choose good and reject evil. You know, the, the, the devil says in the garden of Eden, did God say, did God say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? I mean, right there, he's setting them up mm-hmm. totally. That's so right. whenever you, you think, did God say, go back and check. What does God say? God mm-hmm. is perfect love for us. He would never do anything to us that would hurt us. That's that's the primary basis that, that we've got to stand on. That's the foundation. God is good all yes. the time. Right. Yep. I mean, and, and so, um, what Satan has us doing most of the time is trying to earn back what is already ours. And if we don't possess that thing yet, it's because it's God's good timing and we're not supposed to have it yet. I think that was the, the deal in the garden. God was waiting for the, for them when put to the test to reject evil and choose good through their free will. But in fact, they rejected good and chose evil through their free will. So that's why we find ourselves in the mess that we have today. So the idea is that we're constantly, just like Eve was and Adam, we were constantly exposed to lies, even today in our own world. But hearing a lie doesn't mean that you agree with it, right? Hearing a lie is that is that idea that sometimes somehow God is cheating you or God is holding back or God is, there's something missing, right? But that's always a lie. And we might, through our emotions, be, you know, sad and we might be depressed and we might feel like, you know, the world is again. I mean, you know, our, we cannot control our emotions. Or, or rather, we can control our emotions, but we can't really control how we feel about things, you know. And oftentimes how we feel about things is rooted in all that stuff that happened, you know, in the it behind us, you know. And that's what we need to have 
inner healing, we do need some form of deliverance prayer uh, when the evil one comes in and starts throwing stuff around in our weak areas, you know, starts taking the baseball bat and hits us it where it hurts, you know, where it counts. And that is, um, I think, the whole bo- basis for deliverance prayer. So point number one, you can hear a lie, but you don't have to come into agreement with it. Because remember, coming into agreement with something is always powerful. If you hear something and you agree, so something says, are you an, a moron? You know, are you an idiot? You're an idiot. And so you say, yes, I am. You think about to yourself, oh, I must be an idiot, you know, and you agree with it. And then you create in a certain sense, it's an action in which you think forevermore that you're an idiot, you know, or that, you know, and that goes back to the teacher in fourth grade, the people that bullied you, whatever, you know. So I think if we bring it down to those basic levels, I think that we can see how many of us are walking around wounded, right? And we function and we're fine and we're fully integrated adults. But many times we just have these roots of, of um, you know, of deception, basically, that the evil one of rejection, of abandonment, of shame, but it all has to do with believing a lie. You know, if we feel rejected, it's because we believe a lie that we were abandoned, that we were rejected. God will never reject us. God will never abandon us. Unfortunately, fallen human beings do that. Now, sometimes they do that on purpose, but most of the time when we experience rejection, it's not because people mean to reject us. It's just that that's how we interpret their behavior or their words, right? Because sometimes when we proceed from a time, from a place of woundedness, we're like, well, of course they're going to reject me because I'm no good, right? And I have to earn all my all my friendships and I have to earn my salvation. I have to, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure you know people like that. Well, and, people, a, and a lot of times it, it goes back to the initial things that happen in your family, something that may have been said almost innocently not to, not to create a situation where you're going to believe that for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. But that's why the, mm-hmm. the inner healing is so powerful because you're going back trying to identify those particular areas or situations or words that stuck that shouldn't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And the evil one is always happy to make you feel uh, inferior and not worthy. And just as you described, you know, it, it, making us feel as though we don't deserve anything. That's right. And, you know, and when you follow his MO, that's kind of what he wants. You know, he wants to squash us like bugs and, and drag us down to perdition. I mean, you know, to use, you know, <laughs> old fashioned words, but it, it, we do, there, it, there is an enemy of our soul. He is a force, a principle, a personal force of evil. And he means us ill, but we shouldn't be ro- ro- running around scared because God is for us. And greater is he who is within me than he who is in the world. That's a great verse, I think, to memorize. Greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. A great point. Uh, Romans 6.16, you are slaves of the ones you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Meaning that Adam and Eve came into agreement with the devil's lie, and by, by disobedience, they tried to earn something that was already being held for them just in the right time, right? And by doing that, they put themselves and all their descendants and all of creation under what? The principalities and powers of darkness, right? Under the one who they listen to. You know, when you come to agree with somebody, you're kind of obeying them. So if you believe a lie, you empower empower the liar. And that, in the end, is 
probably one of the main sources of the need for prayer for deliverance. And the fruit of sin is therefore shame. There's something wrong with me. I'm not like everybody else. If they get to know me, they're going to hate me. So I'm going to better keep this facade or this mask on. You know, that kind of just, there's something wrong with me. There's something, there's something wrong with me. You know? Our identity the, is created out of false accusations, really. Exactly. But again, look at the plan of the evil one. He wants to lock us into a cycle of sin and shame. You know, sin and then feel bad. Sin and then feel bad. And then because you feel bad, you want to find some way to feel better. And then you 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 go against God's will, right? I mean, you know, he just wants a lot. He, there's a close connection between inner healing and freedom, which helps us to renounce lies. So when you're when you go through inner healing, you know, Jesus comes alongside you. He helps you heal events in your life. But in a deliverance, you actually go further than that and you renounce the lies. You renounce the lies um, that are locking you in this cycle of sin and shame and separation from God. Now, how are we de delivered from all these things? Well, you know, we're doing this and during the Easter season because Jesus has won. You know, Jesus has won. As he said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He took the authority back from, he took the dominion, you know, that, that we gave to, to Satan with the keys in the garden in Genesis 3, and he took it back. He took it back, legally and binding. Did he always have authority? Of course. Did he always have dominion? Of course. But the legal title, you know, and the, the authority of the dominion was taken back by Jesus on the cross. So, in other words, just like we said before, healed people heal. Healed people heal. Delivered people deliver, you know. People who, who um, through prayer and through trusting Jesus, trust that they will be set free from lies, shame, rejection, abandonment, whatever, are people who eventually are going to be able to contribute to other people's deliverance from shame and lie and rejection and all that stuff. I'm sure that's fairly, you know, symmetrical. So one of the ways that we lose freedom, I mean, that's why... Um, in um, in the Benedict, oh, wait a minute. Yes, in the Benedictus, it says um, that Jesus that that he okay that John the Baptist is is announcing the one who will set the captives free. So who are the captives? The captives is everyone who believes a lie and allows themselves to be chained up. You know, in certain areas, perhaps not in all areas, etc. Remember, the difference between the need for exorcism and the need for deliverance prayer is pretty fundamental. You know, we have different degrees of possession. So if our souls are like a city, uh, if, if we need exorcism, it's because uh, the evil one has taken over city hall. You know, he's in the council chamber. He's doing the mayor's decisions. He's, he's running your nerve center. He's running your, your life from that position. But that's very, very, very rare because it, 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 in a certain way, takes over your will. Very, very seldom do we see that. Most of the time we see oppression, we see harassment, we see various degrees of uh, the evil one bothering you. And that's why it's important to know that only an appointed priest by the bishop can perform an exorcism. But those are very, very rare. All, all baptized and confirmed anointed priests, prophets, and kings, laity, have the authority to pray prayers of deliverance 
with people. Obviously, you need some experience, you need knowledge, you need to, to live a holy life, you need to be sacramental, you know, there's all those things. But it's not something that's only done under certain circumstances by only certain people. Yes, uh, when he's taken over City Hall, absolutely. We need the sacramental dispensation of the church and all that stuff. But when it's just he's like taking over neighborhoods or he's trying to harass you on the outskirts and all that stuff, that's very different. So we have the authority as priests, prophets, and kings to come alongside our brothers and sisters. And also we have the authority for ourselves. You know, if we recognize an area of bondage in ourselves, we don't have to wait to go to the next cool person for prayer. We can do it in ourselves, with ourselves, in prayer, and give it to the Lord. That's all the time we have today. But uh, please join us next time. Thank you for joining us.